cliffcentral.com. Welcome to In Conference with Michael Jackson, right here on your favorite podcast platform. This is cliffcentral.com. Actually, I'm a bit nervous about saying that on this particular episode for the simple reason that the man you're about to meet kind of blows me off the stage. He's got that James Earl Jonesy kind of voice, as you're about to discover. I want to introduce you to somebody that I'm privileged on the odd occasion to share the stage with. Um, he's an MC, a master of ceremonies, a program director, a facilitator at conferences. And listen, most people go, yeah, I don't need to do that. Bob from the office can do the conference MC. Let me tell you, Bob can't. Okay, And you're about to find out when you meet my guest, joining us from a secret location somewhere in South Africa on Skype at the moment, um, a man whose name is Cyrus Rogers. You're going to remember Cyrus's name, but most importantly, you're going to remember this. He's known in the conferencing trade, bit of a trade secret, this, as the man with the velvet voice. We're about to find out why. Joining us from a secret location on Skype, Cyrus Rogers, the man with the velvet voice. Why do they say that about you? Well, Michael, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love it. Listen, you have a voice for radio that is just superb. But, I mean, a voice for being on stage as well as the skill set we're going to talk about because I want to know what an MC really does. But, I mean, do you love what you do, Cyrus? Oh, most certainly. There's no greater feeling than being on stage and really interacting with an audience bringing them into the event that they're already in. They might just be seated at tables, but they don't really realize that they're in for a show. And I was at the circus uh, recently and realized that I feel like the ringmaster. That's what the MC does. He pulls you in, he keeps you entertained, and he keeps you informed all the way through. You see, I mean, people listening to this podcast right now are going, wow, the guy's just so smooth. No wonder they call him the velvet voice, the voice of velvet. And look, you're no stranger to this, right? Um, when we first met more years ago than I care to remember, you were a very successful and acclaimed program director in television. Um, I know that you've been a presenter on TV. You may recognize Cyrus's voice because he's also been a voiceover artist and still is. In fact, I heard a, a little radio ad with him in the other day, and I thought, should we round him up and get him on the program? And it's uh, <laughs> just too cheesy for words, that. Uh, you'll know if you've heard the ad what we're talking about but he's got charm professionalism a keen sense of humor and he's a bloody good mate i mean cyrus this mc thing you it sounds like it rolls off your tongue it's not as easy as people think is it no it definitely isn't i think that's the most important thing to remember about program directing or emceeing of any function especially in a corporate event is that you don't want to just pull in any sort of um let me not uh, talk ill of of the celebrity set but rather, you've got to have somebody who professionalizes that specific role, who says, you know what, we've got to make sure that everything is happening on time, on the ball, that everybody is entertained, but they also know exactly what their roles are. Because if you've ever been to an event that's run over time, you understand exactly how hard it can be. No, I know. And I mean, you know, you talk about the celebrity. I'm going to come back to the celebrity set in a minute. But in terms of what you describe on stage, my understanding of the MC role is yours, I believe, that you're the glue. And I've, look, I've emceed a few jobs. I hate stealing your lunch. But, you know, I know that you MC far more than I do, and deservedly so. But we're kind of like the glue that binds the event together, that keeps the program running. Would you agree with that? No, definitely, Michael. You know, the one thing about having the the correct program director in in any sense is that you've got to make sure that you are holding everybody in rapture. 
You've also got to be able to, to understand that you are actually working with the organizers and it's your event as well. You're not just there to pop up for a couple of minutes and then go off stage. You actually have to make sure that everybody is informed, they're entertained, they're sitting back, they're part of the event itself. So you have to be that glue, that adhesive that brings everybody together. And I love that little phrase that you kind of just threw in there, program director. In my days, you were bloody lucky to be called an MC. Um, now you're pro- this is like the airline industry. We used to have trolley dollies and now they're cabin crew. So, we are the caviar of the event. The remember? caviar of the event. Oh my God. He actually believes this stuff. Uh, undeservedly so, I might add. Oh, so, I mean, come on. I mentioned Bob the Office Clown earlier, you know, because I, I still go to events from, from time to time as, as you probably do. And a lot of our audience do where the company's gone. Yeah. We don't have the budget for a program director. What we'll do is we'll just have Bob because Bob's the office clown. Gee, Bob makes everyone laugh. Bob's so good at this. He's a natural. Why don't you use Bob? You see, the, the issue with Bob is that Bob doesn't often know where the lines are. And this is what a professional does, is that when they come in, they're not trying to use people's personal inform- information on stage. And sometimes that people get uh, really carried away with that sort of thing. So you'll find in, in jokes that are sort of lost in the audience or sometimes the odd remark that shouldn't be said on stage in front of everybody. And I think the other thing about using somebody who isn't necessarily a professional is that they don't, they don't take every single instance of what the event is about into mind. So you tell them to be funny at the event, that's all they're going to focus on. If you tell them to stick to time, that's all they're going to do. What a professional does is that they look at all of those facets and they say, timekeeping is imperative. We've got that ticked. They're going to say, how is the audience feeling? Can we raise the mood and do that? whether it be humor or finding other ways to get interactive with them. Bob isn't thinking about that. Bob is thinking, maybe I should have another drink. And frankly, professionals shouldn't drink at events. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I see many program directors, even the one up from the Bob, where I'm often told, no, our, M's, our, our MD is also a really good MC. Like they want to capture all the letters in the alphabet for themselves. You know, he's a natural leader. So we'll use him as the star of our show. And maybe that's where the, the, the thing falls apart, because a good MC is not the star of the show. No, far from it. You know, it's it's one of the things that we tend to forget sometimes. It's a bit like a match referee. You you you, you only notice a referee in any sporting event when they're making calls that a are very unpopular and b make them the center of attention. You want the MC to be light, be personable, and then at the same time keep everything flowing. So at the end of the event, people say, "Oh gosh, what a great MC! What a great event!" That's what you need. Mm, I love that. I mean, um, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I was watching football the other day on television, as I want to do with a small little red team from Manchester. And the referees there, you, only, I, you know, I don't care about them until the crowd start chanting horrendous slogans at them because they didn't give Man United the penalty that they actually deserved. So I get the point, and I think you make a really good point in that respect. So now I want to come back to the celebrity MC. Miss something or other. Who they generally do miss something or other, as far as I'm concerned. It's the pronunciation of the client's name or realizing what event they're actually at. Or maybe it's the TV celebrity. I host a glamour TV show, and I'm pretty, and I look good in a shimmering dress, probably better than you and I would look in a shimmering dress, Cyrus, I might add. But I've watched the celebrity crowd believe in their own bloody ego to the point that they think they'll get away with murder. Does it happen? 
It does. It does. And I think the thing to remember is that whether it be a dress or a tailored suit, the MC, male or female in any instance, whether they be a celebrity or not, often think, well, I am here as this personality, therefore this is what people are paying for. They want to see the personality on stage, giving what the personality gives. And these days, in throwaway personality terms, you have TV stars who don't necessarily star but are just on TV. They are names in name alone and don't necessarily get the job done all the time. As I've said, I'm not trying to take work away from anybody. There's enough work for everybody. But when you want the job done right, you've got to hire somebody that does it all the time, focusing primarily on the professional side of things. I love that, and that's fair and very honest as well. And, and you know, to be, to be unbiased and balanced, I mean, I have worked with one or two very good celebrity MCs. Um, you know, names like Deborah Patter, the respected journalist, spring to mind. Uh, Derek Watts, you know, good old Derek from Carte Blanche. Um, but, but, there's you, Cyrus. I mean, you've built a career out of this. You're building a brand. You don't have to be famous. You're the man with a velvet voice. And there are enough people in the conferencing industry that book you regularly enough for you not to have to go out there and go, I am the celebrity MC. I mean, what you are is a professional program director. And that's what I most enjoy about working with you. You, When I'm on stage with you, it feels like a hand in a bloody glove, man. You're awesome at this. Oh, thanks, Michael. You know, it's, it's something that I, I really do try to treasure. It's something that I, I hold dear, and, and, and that's something that I think a lot of people in the speaking industry need to do more of, which is to say the event isn't about me. It's about the enjoyment that everybody's getting. You, we forget often that what an MC in particular, and the speakers as well, need to do is to take the burden off the shoulders of the organizers of the event as much as possible. Oh, wow. Yeah, great point. Everybody then relaxes. So you'll find that things are going smoothly. If there's an issue, you try and help out because anything you can do to help them means that you're trying to help the event succeed. You're not sort of sitting back and watch a car crash happen. What you're doing is you're getting involved in every single instance that you can. And I'll, I'll be totally honest. That's why I get booked again and again by different people is because I've formed relationships with them. I care about the event itself, and I want it to be a success. I don't just want to get paid and go home. So how much work actually goes into it for the obscene amounts of money that you charge to be a professional MC? And I, I share that with a smile on my face because I charge obscene amounts of money, as some people say, although it's not really true, um, to speak at conferences. How much work goes into it, Cyrus? Well, I think the thing is that it really all comes down to the personality type that you are. You've got to do all the work up front. It actually starts with your meetings with the event organizers way before. When you're doing your briefing, sit down with them. Get a feel of what the audience is like. Ensure that what you're doing and providing for them is exactly what they need. So it's not just about pitching up with a suit and then saying, right, give me the list of names of people I need to get on and off stage. What is the conference about? How can you add some of your own value to that? And that's where the homework comes in. When you're actually at the event itself, ensure that what you do is simple things like getting to understand how to pronounce people's names. Oh, yeah. Struggle with that. Find something that is darn close to it that they are happy with. So you could even make a game of it. And this is something that I feel a lot of people don't do is that, for instance, let's say you're struggling with a name. You can't seem to get it right because it's a click you've never grown up with. Go to the person and say, listen, I'm going to say this on stage. Feel free to harangue me about it afterwards. Then we make a joke of it so that it becomes part of the actual, not necessarily the act, but 
you know, the event, so people are like, oh, you know, this person hasn't just butchered the name. You say, oh, gosh, we spoke about it beforehand. I've tried, I've tried, I even went for lessons. You know, so you make a joke of it and then it becomes a thing that becomes part of what you're doing. And speakers can do that as well. It doesn't just have to be the MCs. So always do your homework up front and even before you just go on stage. You know, it's so funny. I mean, you know, obviously podcast platforms like this theater of the mind, and we understand that as well. I'm just wondering about the people listening to this podcast right now. Are they imagining you? What does Cyrus Rogers look like on stage? And let me help you in that process, because you've been listening to the man with a velvet voice here. Let me tell you that this is a six foot four, well built, stocky, African male gentleman who stands loud and proud kind of shaka zulu style not that i've ever seen you in a zulu costume but i know you'll dress up if people want it um i do it for my wife all the time though why wouldn't you um here's this this stature of a man holding court um and it's 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 intriguing at that level that you know you've got this presence cyrus as well as the voice that that ties it all together does it help being the kind of person that i've just described in your career I think personally it's been something that I've tried to use as a tool so that I can almost take up as much of, and pardon me for using the phrase, but the room, take up as much of the room as possible. I've seen many people who aren't as, as big as I am do exactly the same thing just by exuding the right kind of confidence. You can see anybody of any stature hold court because they have everybody in their grasp. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with how tall you are in a room itself, or how loud you can shout, but rather how confidently you walk the boards, as they say in the theater. Wow. And that's it, really. When you get Cyrus Rogers as your program director, you can call him an MC as well. It's the same price. He doesn't really care. It's being in the room. And that's the most important thing, that you're going to run your room. You're going to manage it. He's going to do it for you. And you're going to have yourself a great event. Cyrus, 40 seconds to go. Where do people find the voice of Velvet? The easiest way to do that is go to my website, cyrusrogers.com, or you can actually email me on info at cyrusrogers.com. cyrusrogers.com. Listen, go Google the man. A, if you're a woman, do it. He's good looking, but I warn you in advance, he's married. Um, this is just a great guy. I hope forward, I look, hope and look forward to sharing many stages with you in the months of 2017 to come. Cyrus, thank you so much for being on the show this afternoon. It really is an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, Michael. Ah, all the best. And there he is, the voice of Velvet. Timing's right. He's in. He's out at the right time, enabling me to hand over control. Back to the next podcast. Thanks for being with us here on Cliff Central. It's been a joy. Cliffcentral.com.